0: Hello everyone and welcome to the In Context podcast with me, Gregor Thompson. And firstly, I just want to wish you all a happy new year. Although I thought I'd be doing this episode on optimism and positivity for the year ahead, a wild mob invaded Capitol Hill building in America, so I thought I'm going to have to cover that. So this month I spoke with freelance journalist Olivia Otiba, who I've had on the show a few months ago. So here's our conversation about the situation in the U.S. Um, so yeah, what, what did you make of um, the well the protesters? What, well, that's a, maybe a question first is what what would you call the people that were storming Capitol Hill? Because there's been a, b- a lot of debate if they're terrorists or not.
1: Um, well, I guess it is a form of terrorism in a way, isn't it? I mean, essentially, if that was, say, a Muslim person, you know, storming the capital with weapons, they would immediately be called a terrorist. I don't think there would be any two ways about it. Um It's a hard one, because I think on one hand, yes, they are just protesters. You know, they want to keep the president in. They support the the Republican supporters. But at the same time, I just think the argument that people are trying to put across is the fact that if that was any other race, it would be a whole different scenario. So if that was black people, you know, we saw what happened with the Black Lives Matter movement. There was thousands of police deployed um, across America thousands of almost armed armed forces deployed. And then when it's the white kind of protesters, there wasn't as many police there. It took them a long time to respond to it. Five people did lose their lives, um, granted, but at the same time, I think the argument people are trying to put across is the double standard of when it's white protesters, they're just protesters. But like I said, if that was a Muslim person, Going in, or a Muslim group of people going into Capitol Hill, or Washington, or anywhere really, um, any public, major public building, they would probably be called terrorists because those people mm-hmm. did have weapons as well, I believe. So
0: yeah, so I just feel like it, it does feel like with the Black Lives Matter protest, the majority of them were peaceful protests, and there was so much police deployed for those. Whereas this one, it was planned, like they knew. These protesters or, or terrorists were coming. they maybe didn't know they were going to storm the parliament, but they at least knew there was going to be a big crowd. so it just seemed like why wasn't wasn't there a bigger police presence and it it, it does seem to me like it is because they're white and if they, if they were say Muslim or black, I think we'd be seeing a lot more deaths than just a five. I think I think we would be seeing a lot or a lot, a lot more police brutali- brutality anyway yeah, I think they
1: find it easy to justify. That's the double standard people are trying to get across to try to raise awareness about is the double standard really in society. Where if it's a white person, it's still maybe that age old stigma of, oh my god, you know, black people are so dangerous, it's that unconscious bias, or oh my god, Muslim people are all terror. It's that unconscious, like I said, bias that's Mm -hmm. maybe still perpetrated in our society, which maybe even you know, people don't actually realize. Um, But I think that, like I said, I think that's the main issue that people are trying to get across to governments, to officials, to other people. um, Is just, you can see why people would be annoyed um, Mm. at the storming of Capitol Hill, essentially. Yeah.
0: The thing I found funny, I think it was in a meme, was the, the people that were storming Capitol Hill are the same people that were getting angry at people like the NFL players and basketball players taking a knee. In solidarity with Black Lives Matter, saying that they're they're going against the American flag and disrespecting the American flag, whereas they've just stormed the parliament building basically. They're knocking over American flags and they're sitting in like the Speaker of the House kind of seat where no one else is supposed to sit. And it's almost like they're disrespecting the constitution now, they're disrespecting the flag, but no one's kind of saying that. Yeah, I
1: think um, Don't make the right argument as yeah. You know, you've got to find better ways If you're saying that one group of people are wrong for the way they've handled something, then instead of doing the exact same thing, really you should be exercising or leading by example and saying, okay, well, this is what I would do and finding ways to kind of prove your point, which is you can handle things in a different way as they wanted all of the Black Lives Matter protesters to do. Again, it's like, well, what was the alternative um, for Black Lives Matter, you know, when they've done the same thing, if not arguably more violently or aggressively, what what was their alternative for Black Lives Matter when it's such Mm -hmm. a a big issue that affects so many people in America?
0: Yeah. Um, And what do you think about Trump's kind of handling now? Because I feel like he's starting to ease off a bit because people are calling for his removal.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he's just kind of accepted defeat. (laughs) I mean, there's not really much he can do. You know, even his own party, even Mike Pence, I think that was the final nail in the coffin when Mike Pence said, you know, I accept Joe Biden as president um, and I I would never go against the Constitution. I would never go against, you know, the U.S. government legislation. And you have to kind of accept the next person gracefully. I think when Mike Pence said that, he kind of knew probably that he'd lost his final ally or at least his final ally was kind of saying, okay, come on, Uh, we've had our time. We're defeated and that's just how it's gone. Um, I think it is probably easing off, as you said, um, but like I said, I don't really think he has much choice. I mean, the only other choice would literally to be to change himself to the radiator um, in the White House, and it's not going to look good for his image. I think people forget he's a businessman first, and he still has a lot of these businesses on the outside, so he still needs to uphold some form of image um, to the world. And also, it would look weak, um, I think, in any any scenario to, you know, try and not leave the White House at this stage.
0: Mm. What do you think about him being banned on social media? Do you think that's a good call?
1: It's not. See, I'm, I've went back and forth with this. I was doing a bit of research on this last night. I was, finding, I was doing a bit of research. I want to do my own little video on what's next for Trump. Um, so I was doing my research last night and kind of figuring out, OK, well, what's next for him? I mean, it, I'm really on the fence and I would say that he deserves that. And yes, um, you know, the way he was acting the other day, he did kind of incite a lot of that, you know, the storming of Capitol Hill. Um, but at the same time, it is that argument of where are we going as a society towards freedom of speech? Mm-hmm. So although I think, yes, he probably, he deserves to be suspended from Twitter, also, the wording of Twitter is very weird. They're like he's permanently suspended. So does that mean that why don't they just say it's been deleted? Like, so does that yeah. mean you can get it back? What does permanently <laughs> suspended mean? Is that forever? Or is I would they've not said oh it's been deleted per mm-hmm. se? Um but I, I don't know. I would say he deserves it right now. Um and I think he does use Twitter a lot, as we've seen over the past four years, to push mm-hmm. his agendas to kind of insight, not hatred, but opposition between, you know, the two parties. The, you know, we all know we kind of people like jokey tweets from the toilet and things like that. Yeah. He's constantly on Twitter. Um, but I think it speaks more to where we're going. The only reason I'm saying I'm not too sure, I think it's because it speaks to where we're going as a society in terms of freedom of speech. And where's the line? Where's the invisible line with freedom of speech, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I think yes, he should be suspended, but I think this this will raise and I can see this going into a larger conversation in time over mm-hmm. where society is going with freedom of speech and to how powerful these social media sites actually are mm-hmm. and do we live our lives now mostly on social media. Mm-hmm. I think it's just ingrained in our lives now, we almost, our personalities are almost virtual, especially with lockdown
0: yeah the only the issue i had with the social media thing is i agree that he should have be he should be suspended at least temporarily for kind of promoting the violence but anytime a business does something like this does something political it just seems to me it's so like ingenuine just because it's it's a business or trying to make money they they wouldn't do this if this wasn't going to make them any money like more people are going to be happy and people are going to like um share this and say oh good on twitter good on facebook and makes them look good so i can't feel it's just a bit like not quite genuine
1: i never thought about it in that way um mm. i mean of course you could you could be right and you're probably right it probably does make them a lot more money because you know millions mm. of people i mean we don't even get a vote in american politics but yeah. uk is heavily involved we love to watch what's going on Um, i did not think about it in that way but mm. like i said i think it just raises questions as to how powerful and how much of our lives are now dictated by social media.
0: Yeah. I think the other thing with, with Trump now is they're like they're calling for him to be removed from office, either like make pence to enact the 25th Amendment yes. or to impeach him. And I just keep on thinking, I mean we're what, about 10 days away from Joe Biden being inaugurated. Yeah. Just wait until that and then Donald Trump's a private citizen after that. You can prosecute him after that. I mean, he's talking about pardoning himself. So he knows he's done something wrong. And I think that he's, that's why he wanted another term. Because I think he's really nervous that he's going to get some legal trouble.
1: Well, this is what I've based a lot of my research on last night. So sources are saying that he probably he actually probably won't ask for a pardon. Because right. then it would... The only other person in history who's done that, um, or the other president in history who has asked for a pardon, was Richard Nixon. Yeah, And I think... The reason he won't do that is, A, there's only 10 years, 10 years, sorry, 10 days. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) I was like, oh, God, no. Um, There's only 10 days to go. Mm. Two, Mike Pence would have to invoke that, um, that he would come down to his vice president to kind of invoke that. I don't think Mike Pence would, I mean, although he's kind of put the nail in the coffin, I don't know if he would want to be the one to go against... Yeah, some okay. support it would reflect badly on him as well. Um, and three it, it would mean that he would be admitting that he's done something wrong and as we know Trump yeah. is a chronic narcissist <laughs> um yeah. and for a narcissist to admit that they've done something wrong it, it's it's more unlikely I think the sources are saying um or the pap- the newspapers in America are saying it's probably more unlikely because that would be him admitting that he's done something wrong and I think in his head he probably doesn't feel like he has. These are his beliefs, um, and he's stuck by them till the bitter end, and no president in history really has outright come out and say, yes, I have done something horribly wrong, because then that would be showing them to be weak leaders, and none of them want that, so.
0: And what, what do you think's next for Trump after presidency? There's like talk of his Trump news network or going back to The Apprentice.
1: Do you know, I could see, I could see him. I don't think he would. I don't know if he'd go back to The Apprentice. I think he probably his mm-hmm. ego probably feels like he's outgrown The Apprentice <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, Trump News Network. I could probably see that happening because mm-hmm. um, he'll be providing a platform for his mm-hmm. supporters to to voice their opinions. But it would be, as we all know, it would probably be a very right wing platform i highly doubt he would have left give left wingers a fair voice um i have read i was reading up last night um, and again i don't know just a disclaimer i don't know if any of this is fact i don't know if any of this is true um but i was reading last night on global news um that there is an indictment out for him in new york against one of his companies but again Mm -hmm what will happen it's not been proven whether he's guilty or not guilty or anything like that but there is one lawsuit against one of his companies um I think it's his investment firm his financial investment firm um so he does have that awaiting him on the other side um yeah. but again it's not been determined whether he's guilty or not guilty it's in progress um mm-hmm. I don't know I, I'm, I'm not too sure to be honest what he'll do uh, uh, whether he'll be kind of go and live the quiet life I, I guess one could hope but at the same time i highly doubt it because it's donald yeah. trump so i don't think this is the last thing and did he not tweet out the other day he was like we will not be silenced or something like yeah
0: that. i think i think the news network's probably the most likely because it's, i think even fox news are starting to become a bit too like not um far right enough for him like they are starting to like disagree with him or cut him off when he's when he's being um, when he's like saying things that aren't facts. Um, so I think the news network's probably his next step because he wants a voice and if he's suspended from all these social media places, he'll just make his own network.
1: <laughs> exactly, he's got the money and the means to do it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think it probably will go to a news network or some form of outlet where he can freely say his views mm-hmm. or put across his opinions without any sanction. I mean, it's his. Yeah. But the only problem with that is obviously... The chances of left wing people. It might be even like the old Fox, where they would invite left wing guests on, and the left wing guests would kind of just get shouted. Who was that um, presenter again? I should know this. The one who used to be really hard on the left wing.
0: Um, uh, Oh, the one
1: that fired in the end. Yeah, Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. You know, I could see it very much being Mm. more of a proving thing for him, Mm. more so than an actual legitimate news network because news is meant to be mostly impartial, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Why do you think for, for the news, why do you think it's it's starting to become more polarized? Because you've got so many different news networks and they used to have only say like five or 10 and they, the way that they would make money and get viewers was to stay down the middle. But it seems now it's just like Fox News went further right then CNN went further left. Why do you think that is?
1: think it's a split in society essentially Great. we have become a very left or right society mm-hmm. and while that's always been there you've always had the liberals and the conservatives you're seeing it even more so people are taking a very solid stance and mm-hmm. people are unwilling to budge now Whereas before, you know, most people would vote Labour, you've got a lot of old Labour supporters now voting for Conservative, which 20 years ago, they would have said, you know, I would never vote for Conservatives, And but now they are. So it has been a shift in politics. But as we all know, newspapers make money through politics. You know, you know we all know um, yeah. Rupert Murdoch. We all know Rupert yeah. Murdoch is very close to uh, Prime Ministers, the government. If not, yeah. you could argue that he probably runs more of the government than the government runs the government <laughs> yeah, yeah. what gets put in the papers, especially over here, maybe less so in America, but especially over here, what gets put in the papers it has the power to dictate what happens next in politics, it swings people's opinions. So, of course, it's smart of papers in a way to align themselves or publications or broadcasters to align themselves sometimes with a political stance. Mm. It makes sense, and because it, it makes them money, and you know they get in, they get sources, and what they get back from it is probably greater than if sometimes they were impartial. I'm not saying if that's right or wrong. I'm just saying I can see why mm-hmm. we have went that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Why why do you think conspiracy theories have grown so much? You know because people say that like, conspiracy theories have been around for ages, but not to this scale. I don't think. They're, they're growing so much and more and more people are believing with the QAnon in America and the 5G conspiracy theory about COVID.
1: Social media.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it, it's easy to even, and I, again, this could be a I don't know if this happens, but it's easy mm-hmm. for people. I don't know if you watched The Social Dilemma.
0: I did, yeah.
1: Favourite documentary. To yeah, date. it's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's great. And it really, even now, I'm, I still find little bits out of it that pique my interest but i think you could even say you know it's easy for anybody to spread misinformation now um like you're saying donald trump has used social media as a way to put his message across and people take from that what they will so and it leaves room to be misinterpreted i mean you can't explain yourself fully in 120 characters so people can now just tweet out A couple of words people say oh my god well that that means that and other people go well no that means that also and if we're talking about conspiracy theories like the 5g network and things like that who knows where that really started from who actually put that out on the internet was it just somebody sitting in their house and they've done a bit of research on the chinese government so they've put that online or was it a bigger power you don't know so i think it's easy now for people to sit behind the screen on an anonymous account and put things out there um so it's definitely social media because like i said we live now behind the screen so mm-hmm. you don't need to be accountable for really what you're saying you can set up a fake account and you can put anything out there that you want to put out mm-hmm.
0: there i think they were saying i don't know if it was in the social dilemma but it's definitely the guy that created it um Tristan harris mm-hmm. i think he was it was on maybe the joe rogan podcast he was talking about that it's easy for someone to believe conspiracy theories based on their kind of circle of people around them. So if you had someone say in the deep south in America, who's in a town of everyone's telling them this one thing, this is how the world is, then you're going to you're going to go onto the news networks and and all your people on social media are going to be confirming everything you're saying. So it's, it's, it's quite easy to understand how people can get sucked into it and not look at them in such such a negative light that they're just like people, like, will just like, um, call them idiots or something like that. But it's very easy to, to see how that happens,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but like, it's an echo chamber
1: kind of thing, yeah. It just kind of fumbles on and it grows arms and legs, and you know, mm-hmm. like, people can put out anything they want to, and like you're saying, it's like an echo chamber. and I mean this goes into a completely different topic but I think it goes back to I've been doing a lot of study on social media lately and I think it goes back to it's such a big part of our lives now Um, you know we we practically especially with lockdown we're almost forced online where all of our or at least 95% of our interactions are online so it kind of calls into question social media sites as well regulation how do you regulate without Diminishing free speech. That's why I was saying with the Donald Trump and the Twitter thing, I agree as just a person that yes, he should be removed from Twitter because he was inciting violence. You know, we're always encouraging at least violence. I mean, he would say that he wasn't, but when you're saying to them, well, we love you, they're like, well, if the President of the United States is saying that it's okay or he doesn't seem too bothered about it, then they feel larger than. You know their opponents essentially are more important um but I just think it yeah it goes into how social media sites are regulating without removing free speech and what is free speech anymore
0: yeah I think the, well, the other thing is that before when people say we've always had conspiracy theories before we would maybe have that one guy in the town that thought like ridiculous things and we just kind of oh he's just that guy we just ignore him but now like social media has given that guy the platform to either speak to uh, loads of people or find other people that think like him and then they grow and that's 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 what social media is done
1: exactly and anybody now can create an audience if you work hard enough at it and um, like you're saying he can either build his own platform and build an audience sometimes of maybe hundreds of thousands of people or you just go and you find other people and you feel justified and i think that's what they're talking about in social media development as well as and societal development is that And going back to your question on why do you think we're kind of so you know left and right and you know Mm -hmm. separated now it's because people are unwilling to listen to an alternative point of view you know we Mm -hmm. would rather group ourselves with people who think like us which is natural in a way Mm -hmm. but we'd rather group ourselves with people who think like us Mm -hmm. and that makes us feel validated right so you're not Mm -hmm. You don't need to now with social media listen to an alternative viewpoint because you've got a hundred people who think like you and they're validating your opinion. So you're right fighting in psychology, it's called right fighting. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. I think well, I think that's where we're heading. We're heading if we keep on going the, the way we're going, we're heading for the failure of democracy, not because the right are evil, not because the left are evil, but because yeah. we can't listen to each side and either like we we can't just we can't agree to disagree. Like it has to be like you know you're wrong, I'm right, and you're you're the worst. You're you're ruining everything, and it's just that's it's not gonna it's not gonna work. And it's politicians on, in America anyway are, are are almost contributing to that as well. They're becoming more polarized as well.
1: Yeah, um, and it's sad in a way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That I'm someone who really does try and listen to alternative viewpoints. So I don't yeah. know whether that's because. I studied journalism, you have to swallow sometimes your own opinions and your own pride and you've got to listen to other people. And I'm just like that anyway. I like to kind of weigh up both sides of the coin and make my own decision. I, I seldom follow trends. Uh, you know, if I very rarely just follow something because all of my friends are following it. I'll weigh it up and then I'll make a decision. Um but yeah I, I think failure of democracy I do have you know, I never even thought about it again. I've not thought about it in depth like that but i can see mm. where you're going with that um yeah definitely
0: i think it's also the fact that it's it's teams now it's not your opinion so if you if you're left then that's your team so even if you disagree with some things on it you have to follow their policies all of their policies and you can't think like the other side on anything where that's that's what, like what you're saying that's what i like to do is um like not all of my opinions or not all of my political opinions are left some of them would be considered maybe a bit right or center so I that's I think that's where people are that's why another reason why we're going so polarized is because we're just following our team and anything that that the other team do is just it's just the worst and it's almost like sports it's like football teams you're, fo- you're following your team that's you're that's all you're going to be focused on
1: yeah and the problem with that, I think, a little bit is that you're all like like I was saying before, you feel validated, right, by the opinions of your team. So yeah. and I always try and get across to people, we all have our own perception of reality. So I am getting a bit deep. <laughs> I'm not <just> <laughs> spiritual, but we all have our own perception of reality. We all live in our mm-hmm. own reality. We've all got our own past, we've all got our own circumstances you know some of us have more money than others so of course our realities are all going to be different and I think nowadays you've got people who are like no but my perception of reality is right and yours is wrong like I'm just trying to think of an example but you know what I'm saying it's kind of like I'm right you're wrong my perception is the right way to go forward but what do they say about dictators every dictator went in with the best intention the yeah. dictator wanted to make the world a better place or something something like that, because in their perception, what they're doing is right. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you've got to be really careful with that a little bit, because we've mm-hmm. seen in history, dictators who think they're doing the right thing for society. And it's it's really not. There's always going to be somebody who loses out on one person's way of managing society. So, yeah. so it's always going to be more graphic.
0: I think there's there's one thing that the far left are doing where they're focusing a lot on lived experience rather than facts or or they're 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 outweighing it so that lived experience is more important than facts. And that just becomes an issue because you're basically saying that all knowledge up until this point is. Is either like racist or sexist or something like that? We need to listen to people's experience and opinions, and that's that. That to me is driving the other side, the far right, to say, "Well, look what the left are doing. They don't even care about about facts. So come and join us." And it's like both both sides are pushing each other further and further towards their side.
1: Mm -hmm. And where do we meet in the middle? You know, there's got to be some compromise. I think, like you're saying, both sides are doing the same thing essentially Mm
0: because
1: you think you're right about something. Then the other side is also going to say but hang on actually no this is how it is and you're wrong and it's just constant you're wrong i'm right you're wrong i'm right um mm-hmm. so it's where, where's the compromise is it going to be that we do have a centrist party in the future um will we ever get to that point i i, I don't know um but yeah, I'm I'm not too sure where the future is going. I don't think anyone really knows. It's very we're on thin ice at the moment. I think yeah. in and politics. I don't think anyone really knows how it's going to pan out in ten years' time. I mean, I, I I mean I don't think anyone does. I don't think our parents looked in the '80s 10, twenty years in the future and they would have expected you know mobile phones or yeah. you know Tony Blair or Boris. Johnson, <laughs> but at the same time, oh, they—they they probably didn't predict that we'd be in this position. So we probably don't know how it's going to pan out. Um, but yeah, it's—it's it's, it's worrying times. It's exciting times, um, mm. especially for a journalist. There's a lot to talk about, yeah. but it's very worrying times as a human being because you just don't know where it's going.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why, like, the I, I wanted to talk about this because my original plan for January was to talk to some sort of Like philosopher positive philosopher so that we I can like show people how to think positively for the the next year and then people started storming the Capitol Hill and I was like I can't just ignore that I'm gonna have to talk about that it's too big a story
1: um do you think do you think
0: do do you think Joe Biden's that center politician that we need do you think he's going to be the the answer to it Mm. (laughs) that's not a good sign
1: Mm. I mean, his old politics, he could look at mm-hmm. and say, yes, he was a very centrefold voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also people say the Democrats aren't really left, don't they? The, the people also yeah. argue that the Democrats aren't really a traditional kind of left wing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but I think he'll continue to alienate, which again, I'm I'm more of left wing, if we, we want to say that. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'll continue to alienate the right, especially after Trump. Um, I don't think they're going to go quietly. I don't think that yeah. the modern right, as we've seen it in the past four to five years, I don't think they're almost they're going to go, OK, now Trump's out, now I support Black Lives Matter. Yeah. You know, so while he's in town, I definitely think he's, he's probably going to continue to alienate that demographic by supporting mm-hmm. the things that he believes in. So I don't know. I, I can't really answer... That question and Phil, I think we just need to wait mm. and see what comes of it. I think it'd be nice for America to have a younger president. Yeah. I have to say, uh, uh, and that's nothing. I think again. Kamala
0: Harris is probably she'll she'll be president at some point. I think.
1: Yeah, hope- hopefully, um, it'd be nice yeah. to see a female in, in mm. terror, and and also it'd be nice to see a younger demographic who's maybe a little bit more in touch with what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Joe Biden probably knows what's going on, but at the same time, mm-hmm. how much of it is being fed through his advisors or people who are watching mm-hmm. society? How much of it does he really immerse himself in? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, I think we'll have to just wait and see. I'm, I'm, I'm not always an optimist. I'm like, mm-hmm. you
0: know,
1: hopefully, hopefully he does well.
0: <laughs> well, I think the, the, the two things I thought about Joe Biden was, one, the reason he won is because he's familiar. He's been around mm-hmm. for ages. Like people yeah. keep on making the old jokes, but he has been around for so long; people yeah. know who he is. Yeah. Um, and he was he was going against Bernie Sanders, so there was you were either going to vote for someone who's going to be really radical and very against the establishment, or someone familiar who's just going to give you exactly what you expect. You're not going to you're probably not going to vote for him after the four years. He's a one-term president. I think he knows that. Um, but the other thing I think with him is I can't remember who said it, it was. On, it was on another podcast. Someone said that he's a he's a wolf in sheep's clothing where he he's gonna do the, the exact same thing that politicians do, where you'll give kind of tax cuts to the rich, but you'll hide behind this kind of, like his platform was for running for president was gonna be like climate change. He's gonna do the most for climate change and he's and he's focusing on like the left policies, but that's like the surface. I think you need to at least be cautious about his policies and look behind the policies and the, yeah, look kind of behind the curtain. And hopefully Kamala Harris is pretty Kamala Harris is pretty progressive, so she'll, hopefully she'll keep him on that kind of right track that people want him to be.
1: But, yeah, I think that. Yeah, that's what I was kind of trying to say. It's like you need to kind of look behind the policies a little bit and what does he really mm-hmm. stand for? It. And mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like Keir Starmer in our country. It's kind of I think people know he's probably never going to be um, prime minister. I mean. Mm-hmm honest, he probably won't mm-hmm. be Prime Minister, I don't think he's got enough backing from the left yeah. or, well, let's call it Liberal and Conservatives, Um, mm-hmm. but he's a nice, calming, stopgap yeah. presence. He's yeah. not familiar here, but he's, you know, that kind of stopgap between the Jeremy Corbyn era and mm-hmm. the Theresa May era to the, yeah. you know, the new future, whatever that'll be. So yeah. I think Joe Biden I, I like Joe Biden, I do. Um, I've always kind of, you know, rooted from him a little bit in the background, but I think we'll just have to see how much, especially with Black Lives Matter, my fear is, was he using that a little bit to gain votes? I mean, of course, politicians need to have strategy and, you know, they need to gain votes somehow, but it would be good to see, if he really means what he's saying, it would be good to see him actually follow through with these beliefs that he's kind of been spouting out over the past year or so
0: yeah how are you how are you looking to 2021 like events going forward 2021 do you you think it's gonna are we gonna be better than 2020
1: um yeah i think over like i said i'm an optimist i like to be optimistic i definitely think that 2021 is going to be better Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, <laughs> not right now. I think this is very much a yeah. concept. Like any year, though, you know, we forget time doesn't really exist in the way that we think it does. It's not mm-hmm. three hundred and sixty-five years. Uh, sorry, day. days. <laughs> days. God get it together. Yeah. Uh, three hundred and sixty <laughs> days. Um, yeah. Technically, they don't really exist. It's just a calendar mm-hmm. that we made up. So technically, mm-hmm. you know, things aren't just gonna stop yeah. because oh, it's January the first. Um, mm-hmm. you know the universe knows that it's january the first so he's going to erase the past year i think we've definitely got a lot of work to do especially with obviously covid and getting out of that i think we need to get out of covid before we can accurately depict what's going on in the greater world um right now with everyone kind of locked down i mean you know who knows where it'll go but i'm an optimist i think we, we will get out of the whole kind of COVID situation lockdown but Global economies are going to be affected. So, and obviously that does affect politics um, as well. So global economy is going to be affected. I think we just need to see how things fare in the next Mm -hmm. kind of four months. And I think after that, Mm -hmm. it will be a better year, but Mm -hmm. it all depends on governments, the economy, Mm -hmm. even people's mental health, you know?
0: Yeah, I think there's a funny thing I keep on seeing on social media. It's it's almost like people are expecting, well, it's 2021 now, so it's, it's so much better because it's a new year. But it's it still it just carries on the way, the way the way that time does like you're saying and I think people shouldn't expect it just to be a good year because it's a new year you need to you need to have some sort of involvement in making it a good year for yourself so the thing I keep on saying is follow the rules and we'll get through it but you need to follow the rules if you don't follow the rules and you keep and you keep infecting other people then we're not going to get out of this any quicker
1: yeah and I think. I think our priority number one really is getting out of lockdown and getting back to some form of normality and I think then we'll see kind of what we're left with, it's like any kind of natural disaster you've got to clear all the debris (laughs) and then you see what you're left with and what you've got to work with and although people, I mean Covid is slightly political because it's affected mm. everyone's lives, it's affected businesses, it's affected mental health. Um, it's affected how people have seen or saw the government as well. So I think we, yeah, we need to see what we're left with. But I think up until about May, I think we'll probably be grappling with yeah. the virus a lot. Still, that'll still dominate headlines. And I think after that, once as well, um, Biden's in, in American politics, we'll see how that fares over the next six months, I think. And yeah. then I'm sure by the end of next year we'll be singing a whole different <laughs> M <hymn> sheet. <laughs> door for we'll probably look back on this year and say something about this year. You know, we just yeah. think coronavirus has taught us that you just never know what's round the corner at all.
0: Mm. Yeah. But we're both we're both optimistic about 2021.
1: Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah I am I, I mean I've been trying to make the most out of lockdown as much as I possibly can um I would advise anyone else to do the same you know people message me on social media and say oh you know I just don't know what to do I'm so bored I'm getting really down about it um well mental health I completely take that seriously and I am an advocate of positive mental health I do think that's how I say to people I say well what do you enjoy to do you know what do you not get time to do when you're usually working or Do you like to paint? Do you like to bake? Do you like to, uh, you know, find something that you really enjoy, and it's not a solution, but at least it's a band aid. you you know. I
0: enjoyed being in it. If you enjoyed um, that's the a good note to, like to end on so uh, and yeah thanks for your time and you i imagine in YouTube. the next few months there'll be like some other, like some other big big story that we, yes, that we need to talk about other work yes, on gtmedia.uk
1: again happy new year take care see you
0: next time for in context with me gregor thompson